was separated me from everyone else. My teachers would say, oh, look at those people who don't get vaccinated. Like, you don't even know my reasonings. You don't know what I know. You don't know what I think. And I was sitting there and I was like, I don't love hockey enough to risk my body and my health for that. It's just not worth it to give in because it's your safety. It's your decision. And the government, these schools cannot make that decision for you and they shouldn't be. And these mandates are ridiculous. Carbon 60 or C60 first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential exciting lifespan, but also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high quality, 99.9% .9 pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as a universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils, it's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10%, and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the most courageous young woman coming to join our program today, and she's going to be talking about her experience in school at a university on the East Coast. She's a Division I hockey player. She's had COVID. She tested positive for the antibodies. It has great immunity because that's what the studies show, that their immunity is higher than if you get vaccinated. She also has a medical condition where her doctor says that she should not get vaccinated and she'll explain that. So she's a person with natural immunities who also has a medical exemption who decided not to get vaccinated for many reasons and she'll talk about it. And she's going to explain the bullying, the discrimination, the basic persecution that she went through as a young woman trying to do the best she can just to go to school and stay healthy and play her sport with her scholarship and what she had to endure. And this is what these college students are enduring across our country. The mental health issues, this is why it's off skyrocketing off the charts. We are going to have a major problem in this country with this whole generation of children and kids dealing and being treated like this due to these mandates and this prison environment that they're in. And she's going to explain, I mean, literally when they quarantine, she calls them prison cells of how, when she had to be quarantined and <laughs> she had to be quarantined, just the unvaccinated people had to be quarantined. She's going to explain to you how bad this was it's like a scarlet letter and discrimination and bullying and totally unreasonable and out of control. And it's the adults that were doing it. The kids weren't doing it like the adults were, the ones that should know better. They were the ones acting the worst against, against her. So you'll hear this story. And I'm just so proud of her for coming forward and needing to share this with the world because it's important that people know what's really going on in these institutions and that it gets out there because it's, I think it's going to be worse. I mean, it was so bad this fall and they're not letting up. It's like they just won't let it go. They're going to keep pushing and pushing. So it's really important that we understand what's going on inside the, the, those university bubbles and schools that these kids, what they have to deal with so that we can push back. And I know people are pushing back, but this is at a whole nother level. And the mental health issues are, like I said, we're going to have a major issue 
later on as these kids start getting into positions of authority and need to run things, have families of their own, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of so- social problems. So before I get into the show, I want to remind you, like I always do, go to my website, sarahwessel.com, sign up for my newsletter. Be sure to do that because just recently I was uh, taken off of Apple Podcasts. I am back up there. So if you are an Apple Podcast listener in the past, make sure you go back in and subscribe. I lost seven years of subscribers. And so you need to go and find, I have it listed on my website under audio podcast. You can subscribe again and I'm back up, but I lost seven years of building up my subscription base. So of course that's a lot of people. So make sure you find that and get on my newsletter because for, I don't know when a platform's going to go down and when you're going to lose me. And so you will be able to know uh, what's going on by signing up for my newsletter and hearing and reading my articles and all sorts of things that I put out in my newsletter. So anyways, let's get into this really important interview with this courageous young woman. Her name is Lexi Bonfi. Hi, Lexi. Welcome to the program. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm, you know what, I got to tell you, I'm so proud of you for coming on and sharing your story because there are so many professionals and adults out there who wouldn't or don't have the courage to do what you're doing right now. And I just want to thank you because I think it's very important that people hear really what college students like you are going through. So with that, I want to, I want to start with maybe giving a general overview of you know, who you are and, you know, what, how old you are and what school you went to and so forth, as much as you can share based on your legal situation. Um, Okay. So my name is Lexi Bonfi. Um, I went to high school in St. Paul, Creighton, Durham, and I went out to college to play hockey at St. Michael's College in Vermont. Um, I played hockey since I was about 10 and my dream was to play division one and I always had wanted to go out east and before COVID I had a lot of options and um, I was looking at a lot of places and unfortunately when COVID hit it hurt a lot of girls like me our opportunity to go play but I still found a place of home um, at the time at St. Mike's on their uh, varsity team. And I was really excited to go out there. So that's a little bit about me. And you had a full scholarship, right? Uh, No, I had a very large academic scholarship and a small athletic scholarship. So unfortunately, St. Mike's, we were one of two Division I teams on campus. And they did not have much funding, it didn't really seem like for us. So, but on the academic end, I got taken care of very well. Yeah, they so they, totally they make up for it, right? For athletes yeah. to do the academic part. So you yeah. were able to play Division One, and um, why did COVID keep the Division One opportunities down? Was it more for was it athletes all across the spectrum, or was there specific sports that got nailed more? Um, well, so I can only speak from the hockey side. I'm sure it's happening in other sports, but so basically, what's happening is the um, my senior year, I believe their seasons all got canceled. And so basically NCAA gave them an extra year of eligibility. And that means that the girls on the team got to stay and play another year. And then the girls who are behind them, like me and the juniors and sophomores in high school get pushed back a year. So I'm pretty sure this year is the most um, club team girls hockey ever played. Um, And I think a lot of girls took gap years. I know someone myself who took a gap year um, because she wants to play. And it just, it really ruined opportunities for the younger kids. No, that makes sense. Okay. So that's another hidden issue that nobody's ever heard about or hear about. So, but once you got there, that's when the nightmares really started. And uh, you, you had COVID, right? And you tested and had the antibodies. Yes. So I had COVID in October of 2020 and I went and got antibody tested in July. Now I just recently went back and looked at my test and for some reason it didn't show the range on that antibody test, 
but it did say that I tested positive for those antibodies. So we know that at that point in time, I had more than 0.8 antibodies. I just recently got retested in uh, December, I think December 28th, and I had 460.2 antibodies when you only need 0.8 or more. Wow. So you had a lot. Okay. So what were the rules that you were up against uh, being a division one athlete at a school on the East coast with COVID? So I was not vaccinated. That's pretty much why I'm here. Um, me and one other girl, I'm going to not really say names, but so we got to campus and at first they were telling me that we weren't going to be allowed to travel with the team that we were going to have to wear masks on the ice um, for practice. But at the time that was everyone. So it was okay. As long as everybody was doing it, I personally didn't have as big of an issue with it. Um, but we were going to have to pay for our own hotel rooms, um, pay for our own travels to away games, pay for our own meals, I believe. Then the surveillance testing, which is one COVID test a week, which is what I was doing on Wednesdays when I first got there. And um, I'm sure there were more. It was it was ridiculous because so you were isolated. I, I want you to talk about why it was ridiculous. But you were isolated. You were the only two on the team. You couldn't ride on the bus with the other girls. You couldn't stay in the so hotel with the other girls. That was the initial rules. So when we first got there, we talked to their athletic director and the um, assistant athletic director and our the the head coach, he was there too. Even the assistant coach, I'm pretty sure she was there for that conversation. And um, they told us that they had pretty much removed all of that and that it was just weekly testing and we had to wear masks on the ice and that everybody else did. Um, so that was first. We didn't, we weren't treated any differently than anybody else, but our first game was October 6th, I believe, or October 2nd, we played Sacred Heart and we got on the bus and our athletic trainer stood up at the front of the bus. And I remember I was sitting, it was pitch black. I was sitting in my own seat. At the time, I was not aware of who the other unvaccinated player was. And I was sitting there and she got up and said, I have an announcement to make. And we all looked at her and she said, starting next Monday, we will be testing the entire team. And um, regarding negative tests, if you come back with a negative test, you can skate with a mask on. Unvaccinated players, you will still get tested, but you have to wear the mask when no one else does. And at this point in time, we weren't wearing masks at games because our we don't know if there was miscommunication with the school and our coaches or the division, but we were skating without masks at games, which is safer, um, actually. It I mean, I could safer. even talk about I could even talk about skating with a mask on. It's it's not right. Now, let's talk a little bit about skating with a mask and then get back into your story. People, my understanding is people who are skating with masks, because it was in uh, Minnesota where I live, it was required. Students were passing out. They were going to the ambulances were coming. I mean, it was awful. Can you explain what uh, you saw? So when I was at um, in high school at, in St. Paul, um, basically my junior year that like we got to finish that season gratefully, but senior year, um, we played in a league where we didn't have to wear masks, which was really nice. But then the high school season came and they gave us these CCM masks and they were thick. They were thicker than surgical masks. You could not breathe. Um, most girls tried to tuck them behind their chin pads so that they could breathe, but most girls had it under their nose. It, it's not, you can't play when the rinks were hot. I mean, it's already hard to skate in a hot rink. I mean, hockey players know skating in a hot rink is not fun. You're drenched in sweat, but when you skate in a hot rink and you have that mask on, you can't breathe. I mean, my, one of my line mates, my senior year, we were playing cottage Grove and she looks over at me and goes, Lexi, I can't breathe. And she took her mask off. That was the only time she ever took it off. We all followed the rules because our coaches were pretty strict. And she goes, I can't breathe. I'm going to faint. It, it's wrong. Well, and people were actually, I know in the boys game, I, I heard a lot more people were passing out and going to the hospital. I think girls tended to yeah. buck the rules a little more for some reason. Don't know why, but um you were seeing that as well, right? Yeah, it's, 
I, I was fortunate enough to not watch anyone pass out. I did see a girl um, that might have actually that might have been another year, but girls had a lot of mental health issues with it too. It's it's hard to have that on your face and to compete at the level we compete at. I mean, Minnesota hockey is some of the best hockey in the country, and it's hard to compete. It's a lot better than a lot of the college teams. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So okay, so what happened then after that you were on the bus and they they said that only you guys would have to wear masks and I mean how did that make you feel so um I've actually had this feeling in my mouth I think one other time and I can't even remember but it was almost like my tongue went pringly and I like my whole face just was and I was actually grateful to have a mask on at the time because nobody could see the look on my face um, because nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want anyone to know that was that was the life you lived. It's like um, it it was separated me from everyone else. My teachers would say, oh, look at those people who don't get vaccinated. Like, you don't even know my reasonings. You don't know what I know. You don't know what I think. What do you mean the teachers would say? So you would have teachers making snide remarks? Yes, about people who weren't vaccinated. I was in a, um, I was in a psychology class and he made a comment like, well, those, those unvaccinated people are the reason this is all a crap shoot. He said something along those lines. I can't directly quote that. But it's just you hear comments like that. And it was one thing is I had a teacher who was really scared of COVID. And, you know, that's her her agenda, her problem. But it almost made me sorry for her because, you know, it's just not a way to live your life in that kind of fear. And I don't know how she I don't know. I just felt really sorry for her. But she never made a comment about people being unvaccinated. And my teachers did not know. So they did not know the difference between if someone was vaccinated or not. There were actually only 32 unvaccinated people at the school, but that's coming from the president um, who told my dad that when we first got So there. who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, because none of these numbers are right. Okay, so now how else were you treated different on the team? Because you ended up leaving because it was an unhealthy mental situation for you. And just for your mental health, you so had to get what? out of there. Yeah. Um, so at first when, um, the mask came on to practice, um, we, we weren't under the, we didn't really get explained to what was about to happen when they changed to the whole team testing. They, they did not explain that if one person who let's say a def, I'm an, I'm an off, I'm an offenseman, I'm forward. Let's say a defenseman tests positive for COVID. I don't talk to them. I'm not near them. They're on the opposite side of the locker room. We don't sit on the same spots on the bench. I'm way up here. They're way back here. If she tested positive, I would still get quarantined. Just the unvaccinated people would be quarantined. Just the unvaccinated. Doesn't matter if two vaccinated girls sat next to her. We would both get quarantined and it wouldn't matter. So the first time that happened, um, I believe that was mid-October. It was pretty shortly after they started testing the whole team, actually. Um, so I can't I can't give you an exact date, but we were sitting in the locker room. We came all the way to practice and we we're sitting in the locker room and they first called me out and they called my coach called the wrong girl out um, for the other girl. They, that's just one of many issues there. Um, but he called us both out. And I was the first one to hear it because he called the wrong girl out. And he said, they said, you have been quarantined. Someone on the team tested positive. And they're like, we can't tell you who. Well, meanwhile, the girl who tested positive is bawling her eyes out right there. But the girl um, who tested positive, they, they kept secret, but because of health, because of secret medical reasons, but you, they were willing to tell everybody. And treat yeah. you differently. And obviously, everyone found out. So actually, the uh, once we found out at Sacred Heart, um, ju just to backtrack a little, one detail is I asked the coaches. I said, "Can you please tell the other unvaccinated girl who I am? You, I will sign papers. Um, I will sign a HIPAA release form. I don't care. Tell this girl that I am in the same boat as her, so that we can please have a discussion about yes. how we're gonna." 
how we're going to do this together. I mean, this isn't easy. And they got back to me and said, well, that would be breaking HIPAA. So we can't tell you. And my response was, so me wearing a mask on the ice when nobody else does isn't breaking HIPAA. Well, but did she have to wear because she wasn't being quarantined or what? Why didn't she have no, to we also both, wear? So you figured it out based both, on who was wearing the mask. On yeah. The okay. Yes. That's how we ended up finding out who the other was because we both had the masks on. Um, and the girls were on our team. I will say they were amazing. The girls on our team, um, even our captain for a while tried to wear one just in solidarity with us almost. Um, and at first we were like, oh, that's nice. Eventually just take it off. Everybody knows who we are, you know, and, but it was nice that they tried and no one ever said a bad thing about us. No one ever made a comment as, as far as I know. And they all supported us. So the girls your age were nice. It was the administration yes. and the adults. It was, it was the adults that were the problem. So the first time we got quarantined, um, I got pulled out and I, they told me and they said, we go get the other girl. And so I walked into the locker room and I bent over and I said, Hey, they're about to tell you that we just got quarantined. We need to grab our stuff and we have to go. They gave us the keys to another teammate's car and we went back to our dorms. Now, granted, the other girl is bawling her eyes out. I'm the type of person that I'm not going to let someone else see that they just affected me. I was, I was not very nice, actually. I was, I was pretty rude. Yeah. And I said, I said, this is ridiculous. And I was not, I was not having it. And I was like, what are you doing to protect us? What are you doing to protect us? And they couldn't answer. But okay, so let me get back to it. She was really crying. The girl who had COVID was really crying. How was COVID affecting the girls on the team? Was there a lot of mental issues? I mean, it, it's a cold essentially, right? I mean, these people yeah. were freaking these people out. So the girl who tested positive, um, she did not have symptoms. <laughs> she um, ended up going home. She was, she was lucky enough that she lived close to home. Obviously, Vermont is 21 hours away from where I live. So I can't leave. I asked, I said, can I go home? And at first they, my assistant coach, she's the only person that protected us while we were there. She said, yeah, you can go home. Then I get a call from the school, the associate dean who I will never, I could even, I know her name. I'm not going to say her name, but she was so rude and just horrible. What like did she said, and I said, she called me. And at first she tried to be nice. And she was like, hey, you have to leave. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know. I get it. You and had I would... to leave because you're quarantined. So they wanted yes. you to leave campus? No. So they actually have prison cells. Um, they have prison cells across. So the way our campus is set up is there are, it's all, it's four-year residential living. And there are two dorms. And then there's two other dorms. And since the new, um, just in the last five years, numbers have gone down. I think they started I saw a chart online. It's like 2,200 students. We're now at 1,200. Well, and a lot of this um, is COVID related, right? Where they went down. I'd, I'd assume, and they got a new headmaster. I can't say that it has, I don't know if it has anything to do with her. The reason numbers went down, but it's an expensive school too. And because of COVID people can't really afford this, you know? Well, and they um, don't want all these rules. So yes. what were these prison cells like? So, okay, most people know what a dorm room looks like. It was a regular dorm room. It was across from my dorms, so I could see the quarantine dorms. The left one was for people that have COVID. The right one was for people who weren't vaccinated. Um, and so we packed our stuff up and we went to go in there and we had made the decision that we were gonna stay at a hotel with the other girl's mom and just stay there. Um, instead of being at the prison. So it was first off, they did not like, no, I didn't really, they sent me an email that had everything I needed, but I was an emotional wreck. I wasn't reading that. So the lady on the phone could have said, Hey, please just make sure you bring sheets or a pillow um, because they don't have sheets or pillows. It's just a, it's just a mattress. Um, then there's a desk and a chair and then they have one comfy chair, but these walls are all white. Like the whole school, the walls are white and they're brick. 
So when you're staying in there for excessive amount, what was the floor? Was it carpet or floor is tile? Okay. The floor was tile in the room that, um, one of one side of the hall was tile and one side was carpet at, in this, in this scenario, the first time I got quarantined, I was in the carpet side. The other girl was, um, on tile. And so that day, I remember I sat in that bed without sheets, without a blanket, with my pillow, and I just stared up at the ceiling, watched TV. There was actually a big dead spider on the desk next to me. It was all dried up and dead. It was about this big, I'd say. They weren't clean. Um, it was disgusting. If, if they cared about our safety, they, like, they said quarantining is for our safety okay, well then why is there no doctor coming in to check on us? Why are we in a room that other people have access to? I mean, only Lord knows if somebody figures out how to get access, like a male comes up and- Yeah, that's exactly, so what was the rules? Like you had to- We had a quarantine for seven days. How how did you eat? How did you eat? They would, okay. So when there was classes, we had to do them online, which this was the worst. Um, this was the worst semester I've ever had. I was a 3.78 student in high school. I was in all AP advanced and honors classes. Um, and this was my worst semester last semester. I missed 24 days total at St. Michael's for quarantining. Um, or no, I missed 14 days total for quarantining. And then the whole school went online. So then I was online more. And I'm not a student that can learn online. The whole pandemic, online learning really impacted me. I'm not, I can't really do this electronically. I need to be there in discussion with teachers. Over Zoom, it's not the same. Um, And you don't get the same learning experience. So did you, were you treated differently by your team going forward by the coaches? I mean, did you feel so, like you were like second class citizen? So when we first started, the coaches did know that we weren't vaccinated. We both were open with our coaches. We trusted them. And so when this happened, I remember. So our trainer, unfortunately, was the one that we had to have to tell us every time that we got quarantined. And I one time I lashed out at both her and the assistant coach. And I said, what are you doing for us? What are you doing for us? This was the second time. And my head coach pulled me aside and he said, in life, we make choices and we have to live with the consequences of those choices. And then he said to me, do you love hockey? And I looked at him and I said, of course I love hockey. And he said, then learn to deal with it pretty much. And I was sitting there And I was like, I don't love hockey enough to risk my body and my health for that. The implying that you should be getting a you should get your vaccine. And if you loved hockey, you should get vaccinated. Or was he saying that if you, what was he saying? I think he was saying, stop your whining and deal with it because it wasn't even whining. It was, I was angry. I was asking, what are you doing? And I did find out that our head, or not our head coach, our assistant coach, she she went up to bat for me and the other unvaccinated girl. And she said, look at what it's doing to their mental health. Look at what it's doing to their mental health. I have an email here from the trainer um, saying, I, I sent her an email saying, I know that you had the worst job having to tell me that we were quarantined because I was not nice. And it's her job and that sucks, but, um, I sent her an email and I said, thank you um, for helping me with my injuries while I was there. And I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I have her response right here, actually. I can read it. Um, she said, hi, Lexi, I appreciate the note. It was clear you had a tough semester and I understand your decision to leave. You are a hard worker and a tenacious player and wish you all the best in your next steps. She was nice. It was the head coach that, so you were fortunate. Now, um, you, did you tell them that you were concerned about getting the vaccine? I mean, what were your reasons about for not getting vaccinated? So, okay. Um, when I was 14 years old, I got the HPV vaccine and I unfortunately have always had a very bad period experience, a menstrual cycle. Um, my menstrual cycle is, um, 
very random. It's like, it'll come seven days earlier, seven days late. Um, I bleed very, very heavy the first two days. And then it just goes away and then it comes back. Then it goes away and comes back over the next six days. Um, I get pretty bad cramps. I get really bad acne. And in talking to my doctor and my mom, who's done a lot of research, my mom was against me getting the HPV vaccine, but my doctor talked her into it. And um, they don't know if I can have kids anymore. Mm. Um, I'm a little nervous to go get tested for that myself. So I can't say completely with all honesty that I can't have kids, but it's a big concern for me. Um, I, I love kids. I want to have kids when I get older. And so I also, I was born seven weeks early. Um, so I have a lot of, I have very bad acid reflux. I have very bad stomach issues. And we just recently went out and got a blood test. And I found out that I'm allergic to eggs, gluten, wheat, uh, soy, corn, uh, sweet potatoes, even that was one of my favorite foods. Um, and so my doctor, I talked to my doctor and she said, honestly, it's probably best that you didn't get vaccinated um, and that you stay that way. And was it because they thought your body would react or did you hear yes. some of the, the, not rumors, but some of the, the studies coming back about how it would affect people your age or what did you hear? So from my standpoint, I have heard those studies and they do scare me. That was the big reason initially that I did not get vaccinated. Um, this even, I'm pretty sure like even the very public media has done uh, stories on may, uh, possible infertility with the COVID-19 vaccines. And um, I, so I had heard about that and it scared me. I'm gonna be completely honest, that scared me. And I wanted to have kids. So that was my initial reason for not getting vaccinated, but over break after getting my blood test back after getting, um, I had other tests done that showed the yeast and extra bacteria in my stomach. They, they don't think that I would react to it very well. Um, especially since I'm allergic to eggs, which is in most vaccines. Um, it might not be in Pfizer, but my doctors have said it's not, it's not right for me and that I should not get it. Okay. So you had a medical reason, um, and your doctors recommended against it. You also had the antibodies cause you've already had COVID. Now, when you told, cause the science is behind you that you are protected more than people who are vaccinated. I mean, that's what came out of Israel mm -hmm. and came out of now when, when you, did you talk to anybody about this saying I have the antibodies and I have a medical reason. And so I'm probably less <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread it less than people even who are vaccinated. That's what the studies are coming back with, but nobody seemed to care. Or did you not talk to people about that or what happened? They, they didn't care. Um, no one cared. They don't care about the science because if they cared about the science, we, when we wore these masks, okay. So the first time we wore them at a game, it was versus LIU. I've never cried before a hockey game in my entire life. And I'm bawling my eyes out. We, we had to wear the masks. We both decided to wear black masks because it blends in with our cage. We are, we are actually fortunate that we play ice hockey because I cannot imagine being a basketball player that everybody can see it all the time. So we folded, we were able to fold them up. They didn't care. The NCAA didn't care. We were able to fold the masks up and tuck them behind our ears. Oh, that's good. The worst part was when we took our helmet off and then had to do the national anthem and everybody could see it. Um, I remember there were moments of games where I would see people I know walk in, I'd be like, great. Like now I have to explain my medical, my private medical and even religious beliefs. I, well, I Because you were the only one wearing the mask during games? Yes, me and the other unvaccinated girl. And oh. if there were other unvaccinated girls on the other teams, they would have to as well. That's, that's okay. That's what you had to deal with. Now, you made a decision to leave the school. Um, what was, why did you make that decision? And how do you feel now that you've made that decision? So I was talking about leaving before break. Um, I had other teammates that were thinking about leaving, but they were not in the same position I am. Um, and so I had talked to my parents and I decided I felt it was morally wrong to live me mid-season. 
But my dad did say, Lexi, they made a commitment to you and they broke it. You made a commitment to them and you have held up to your end of the bargain and done more. And so I ended up going back after break. So I got there Sunday, the 25th or 6th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so we got, I came back with my negative test. Um, Monday was our first day back at practice. Those were the days that we got tested. So we all got tested. Tuesday, our test came back. I was able to at least go to both practices on Tuesday before I got a call from the trainer. And I remember exactly how it went. It was, hi, Lexi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? What's going on? Unfortunately, you've been quarantined again. And I go, okay. How how many times has that been at this point? That was the third time. Okay. So that would have been my third seven days. Um, And on top of it, I had mono. So it just was a bad, it was a bad semester in general. And I was not treated very well. Um, And so I ended up that Tuesday. I was like, I think I'm done. And I, you know, when you say things, but you don't know that you mean it, that's kind of where I was. And I woke up at 1 PM the next day, because when I, when every time I would get quarantined my sleep, I would stay up all night and then go to bed because I just couldn't stop thinking. I can't turn my brain off of the fact that my life is on pause and I have to go live in that tiny cell and get food that I can't even eat because of my allergies. They, they tried to bring me food. They try to accommodate, but it usually doesn't work. And I couldn't take my brain off that. And I woke up at 1 PM the next morning, I looked around my dorm room and I said, I'm done. And I started packing my stuff while they were at practice. Um, I just, it wasn't worth it. I've never been in that mental position in my life. I'm a very, I feel like most people know that I'm, I've tried to be happy. I'm very strong in my beliefs and my opinions. And at that point in time, I wasn't happy. I was crying more than I've ever cried in my life. I don't cry. I don't like crying. I, it wasn't worth it. So how do you feel now that you're leaving and you've got a new place to be? And I feel so amazing. I don't have to wear a mask on the ice when no one else does. Um, you know, I have to get tested, but that's, it's not the end of the world. I can get tested. Nobody else gets tested. Uh, just the unvaccinated, which is, yeah, it sucks because it, no, none of this should be happening but it's better than the vaccinated people that were testing positive and putting us in quarantine. Well, considering the new variant, the even Pfizer just came out and said that the vaccine doesn't protect you against this new variant. So the fact that only you, and actually you're more protected with your antibodies than they are, and that's proven. Now, now your antibodies are protecting you and theirs has been proven, even Pfizer said it, and all these people are coming out and saying, they aren't protected. So it's completely backwards according to the science, but they don't, people are so ignorant to what the truth is. And so I'm sorry that you have to deal with that, but until the censorship goes away, I'm not sure if the real science will ever get through to people, but nonetheless, you're in a much better situation. So I am happy for you. How are these coaches in dealing with you know, you versus what you had before they, so they're great. Um, one thing that I will say is when I was looking for a coach, a new coach on a new team, I was looking for the assistant coach that I had at St. Michael's. She had no power. Um, unfortunately she had power obviously, but she didn't have the power the head coach had. She didn't have the power that the school has. She went up to bat for me and the other unvaccinated girl. And she got, she got pinned down. They didn't, they don't want to hear it. I, I, I don't know what was said. She never told me that I actually heard that from a captain that she did that. Um, but honestly, I just, I hope that she, she knows that she tried. I know she tried and that's all I can ask. Like, this is a horrible situation. And 
that coach, I will forever remember her and I will forever be grateful that she was there because she would call me and she would ask me if I was okay. She would ask me if she could get me things. I mean, when I call, I called her first, I actually called her before I told the head coach that I was leaving and I, I was bawling and I said, I'm so sorry. And it's not because I felt bad for leaving the school, but because I felt bad for those players and those girls. Like I I brought something to that team and I tried, I worked my tail end off. That's one thing that I always do wherever I play, wherever I am, I always work as hard as I can. And I, it just saddened me that I couldn't stay and help them because I, I would have stayed, even though we were losing, even though we weren't the greatest, I would have stayed and I would have worked hard and I would have tried to win. Wow. And that's what those girls and that coach deserves. Yeah. Well, the, the good coach, the other coach that didn't go to bat for their players, I don't have much respect for. I also think no. that school, if they've lost 40% of their students, it's a reflection of how they're treating people. You don't lose that many students and um, are doing a good job. There's something wrong in that amount of time. So yeah. this, is, this, this is killing the academic system. And, and maybe that's a good thing because these schools I don't agree. deserve to have students like you who work hard, who's an A student, who's a great athlete. Now, what, where um, you don't have to say what school you're going to now, but what state are you going to be in? Wisconsin, actually. Um, Wisconsin has a great legislature that's been protecting people like me. Um, and who is that legislator? I'm sorry. Um, who is that I, legislator? I actually don't. They're, well, they're Republican. I don't know who they are. My mom is big on that. When I was okay. choosing schools, actually, it was pretty much, it was all, um, when I was choosing schools, it was all based on COVID. I I looked at Minnesota schools, two of the schools I looked at, I called them and I said, I'm sorry, I can't go here because Minnesota just implemented a vaccine passport and I'm not going to deal with that again. My favorite cafe in Vermont went vaccine passport. It's going to kill those businesses. It's going to kill them. They don't, they, those poor businesses. You have Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, who I am a big fan of. He is a great man. And um, hopefully he'll win, he wins again this next election. You have some other good people in Wisconsin as well. So yeah, you are, you know, we have some good people here in um, this Minnesota, but we are one of the, the nutbag cities um, in the country and um, it's destroying the cities. And again, just like your school that lost so many students, these cities are being gutted and you can see them dying there. The violence is up. The uh, businesses are moving out. It's um, they're, they're just destroying the cities. They're idiots and they can't, they're not, they're not that good of legislators and people are voting with their feet and they're leaving the cities and that's what they deserve. Well, I'm, I'm really hoping that Kendall Qualls, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's trying to run for governor next, yep. uh, next race. I'm really hoping that we could maybe get him in. Um, my parents, we've been and talking to him, having dinners with him, and he's a great man. He's a great man. Excellent. Well, maybe I should have him on. I think you're the second person who mentioned him, you on the show, and then somebody else wanted me to get him on the show. So I should probably do that. Um, we have some serious issues, but this is going on all over the country. But I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I think you gave people insight of the mental health issues that, that college students are dealing with. Um, if there was anything that you would wanna say that they really need to fix, I mean, how serious are these mental health issues when you're walking around and you're talking to other people? How, I mean, I, I, we should touch on this a little bit. I mean, are other students really struggling? It's, it's bad. Um, so we actually dealt with a teammate who was having severe mental health issues. Um, cutting, saying that she was going to kill herself. Um, and we were very worried. I mean, we love her and it, it took an effect on, I, I've dealt with that at my high school. Unfortunately, I dealt with things like that. Um, but they had never dealt with those things, my two of my other teammates, and it was really hard on them. And actually all three of those girls ended up transferring from St. Michael's, um, after, before break. Um, they are all at different schools now, and I think it was probably the best decision for all of us. That school, there's just, 
they I don't really think that they do care. I, I can't say that without sounding, I don't know. I just I wish that there were people like that assistant coach there. Um, the day I left, one of the associate deans, the only nice associate dean I talked to, he was he was like, I'm so sorry, because what I said to him is I said, I am leaving because you are not treating me with the dignity and respect that the Catholic Church teaches. This is a Catholic school, and I was not treated with dignity and respect. And I said to him, if you want people to stay here, start treating us with dignity and respect. And he called me while I was on my travels home. He texted me, making sure I got places safely. He was the only person that I felt like cared that I talked to. Um, and then I had one professor. He called me. Um, he's been great. He's been asking me if he can help me with sending my transcripts. But then there are people like my the head coach who says those things to me. Um, people in administration who don't know what they're doing or they don't care. I mean, these coaches see what's happening. They see our mental health deteriorate. That trainer, I mean, even in that email, she saw how tough that semester was on me. Like they see it. How about the students in general? Cause I know athletes are really struggling, but how about the students that are on campus? Are they struggling like the athletes or do you think the athletes have a little more of a challenge? I think it's a little harder on us. I will say, I think it's a little bit harder on us, but um, I think everybody's struggling right now. This has been the weirdest years I think ever. Um, we, you look around in campus, we, there's parties, it's a party school, but during the day, nobody's really outside. It, even in the like fall when it was nice, there were sometimes people outside, but it was a quiet campus. Um, people are struggling academically uh, more than ever. Um, we are one of our professors sat down with us and was like, what's going on? And we're like, you guys took us out of school for a half of our half of our junior year. And then our whole senior year pretty much was a joke. It was a joke. And then you throw us back into college and pretend like we know everything. Um, two of my friends like basically failed chemistry because they took chemistry during COVID and they didn't know what they were doing. And when she tried to explain that to the professor, he basically said, tough luck. And I get that, but this is not the same situation that we've been dealing with. This isn't a kid who isn't trying. This is a kid who doesn't know. So why aren't we like there's people need to help. Like we can't just jump right back into what we were doing. It's not helpful. IQ is going down. People aren't smart almost. Yeah. And so you, you feel that, um, do the, my, my daughter's also in school. I know you know her and she's, uh, working through a lot of issues. Uh, it seems like the social scene, you guys, people aren't, do they to not talk to each other on campus? Is it, is it just kind of almost a surreal situation? Yeah, it's like, it's very awkward to meet new people now. I mean, I remember in high school, I would go down the hall. I didn't know someone. I would still be like, hi, especially to professors and um, teachers at my high school. But now it's like, you see someone, you kind of cower away. I'm not a person to like, not say hi. And, but it's awkward because there's no more like, it's almost like we can't read each other. <laughs> There's a mask. It's like, yeah. And even when people don't have masks on, it's like we're, it's like we're forgetting how to read facial expressions or facial expressions are changing. Um, it's just different. I mean, I look at these little kids with masks on and I'm like, how is he, how is he or she ever going to learn how to communicate? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's Especially sad. if it's affecting college students, because this is a time in your life where you really learn how to get out of your shell and you become more of who you want to be as a person. So now did the college administrators identify or address mental health at all? Um, they did have counselors. Um, they tried. It, it wasn't very great. I'm going to be completely like it just. Are they clueless? There's only so much you can do. I almost feel like mental health is so bad among everybody. And um, with what happened with that one girl, I mean, we wanted to call, we wanted to call 72 hours and we got talked out of it because um, like they sent- What do you mean call 72? What do you mean call 72 hours? 
So 72 hours is when you think somebody's going to hurt themselves or kill themselves and you call to have them picked up to be put in like a place where they're safe. And we wanted to call, but um, like for some reason, pub safe on campus and everyone, they kind of all try to talk us out of it. Um, She never did anything. I do think that a lot of it is, is she just had a lot of mental health issues. I don't think she was ever going to, but when you're cutting yourself and there's visible cuts, even on your face, like that's when you probably should call. And I do wish that we all would have just called anyway. I think that it would have made the whole semester for her and us a lot easier because we were constantly worried for a while. Like we were checking to make sure she was alive even. And we told people that, and they didn't really do much. Um, it was, it was actually kind of disturbing to me (laughs) because the school didn't seem like they cared yeah they had pub safe check on her I mean she even there's a whole situation with her too where a girl like um she kind of got hate crime there's a whole story behind that but um she went up and she said why don't you go cut yourself some more you effing f slur and that was reported to the school And I don't know if the girl who said that ever got expelled, but like nobody came and checked on her after that. Like that's a traumatic thing. And she, nobody checked on her. Yeah. So you guys have a lot. So in closing this, this very courageous interview, what would you say to people? What do you want people to know? Don't, don't give in. If you don't want to get this vaccine, you can, you can do this. I, I was quarantined for 14 days. I went home even during season. I missed multiple games. I wore masks in front of so many people. I listened to other people, even friends before they knew that I wasn't vaccinated. I listened to them talk about people that weren't vaccinated. You can, you can do it. It's just not worth it to give in because it's your safety. It's your decision. And the government these schools cannot make that decision for you and they shouldn't be. And these mandates are ridiculous. Thank you so much, Lexi. I'm so proud of you. And I wish you the best of luck these next couple of years. You really deserve it. Thank you. Have a great day. 